Welcome back to another episode of In Depth. My name is Luke Hardacre, and I'm a surf coach at Ombi. If you're new to Ombi, we take a look at surfing from the perspective of ocean, mind, body, and equipment. This week is really different. I've actually got an interview. So Stella is a physio. She's from the Ombi community. She wrote in a really amazing article and email to us talking about women in surfing and some of the issues that she wants to see and changed and things that we think can be done better. So a back and forth series of emails ended up her writing an article. And she's a very experienced physio. She's amazing. She's been doing work with Sydney FC, which is the football or soccer club. She works with their junior academy. She's previously done work with the Matildas, which is Australian Olympic team. And she is a surfer. She's going through a lot of similar things. So I sat down with her and just had a chance to walk through her experience, one, as a woman in surfing, her as a physio working with athletes, her and talking about how she can find things in the lineup as a surfer, but then also things that women face in surfing and the new generation of female surfers. But also I got into some topics about what to do for your daughter and how to motivate them and also things about how what to do leading into pregnancy or after and that's something very close to a lot of my friends at the moment i'm at that age where everyone seems to be having kids so there's a whole host of really interesting topics that she starts giving really good advice on and coaching so have a listen this week and to give you an idea of this this is the first of a community highlight there's a lot of really good stories going on in the community and I want to start highlighting them. So what we're going to do is if you've got something really good, something really interesting, a unique perspective that other people can not feel alone or that they can feel someone else gets them. Or if you just have something that's benefit to the rest of the community, we want to hear about it. So without further ado, here's our first community highlight. Here's my interview with Stella Veith, physio in Wollongong, Australia. Hi Stella, how are you? Good, how are you? Yeah, good, good to finally meet you. Yeah. How are you? Where are you in Sydney, I assume? Um, yeah, a little bit south in Wollongong. Oh, nice. Yeah. How's the south? Um, it was all right actually today. Yeah, I got up twice, yeah. so. <laughs> Is it uh, your typical summer, northeast wind, kind of small surf? The, the wind has been very annoying, yeah. It's been very yeah. southerly actually, and we don't have many protected beaches. Um, from that, yeah. so I haven't actually been. I've been to Wollongong once, but I haven't surfed oh, yeah. it. It was just briefly through there. But I've grown up on the other side of surfing, the other side of Sydney, kind of just north of Newcastle. But thank you very much for for joining me. Thank you very much for taking your time out. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> for those who are listening, who aren't aware, Stella sent in an amazing email about women in surfing, and we started talking. And I wanted to start picking apart some of the questions she was sending in and there's a lot of things that as a surf coach and having my partner surf i'm quite frustrated with women in surfing so i wanted to ask you a lot of questions about that so in the show notes there'll be the full write-up for what stella's sent through so there'll be a full article on that and then i also want to ask you a couple other questions awesome. about what you've dived into so I've done a little bit of research, so correct me if I'm wrong. Awesome, yep. <laughs> uh, but you're a physio 
Yep. You have you work with what I would I guess consider elite athletes. You work with Sydney FC in their junior academy. You also went to the Olympics and worked with the women's Australian rugby team. No, I did not. Um, okay. I worked with the um, I went with the um, with the Matildas or so the adult um, uh, female uh, national team um, mm. into like a pre camp last year before the Olympics. Um, so oh. that was pretty exciting. Um, and I work with the um, under seventeens, um, so the junior Matildas. Nice. Just quickly, while we're on that, what was that experience like? I guess from the perspective of women in sport. Um, just generally working with national team, or yeah, um, it's it's like I, I guess somewhere sort of culturally it is quite different working with with men or with the um, boys at Sydney FC. Um, it's quite similar, obviously, with um, women having the same goals and, you know, the same drive and things like that. But um, communication can be quite different, um, especially as a physio, I guess, you know, I'll get um, approached a lot more and a lot more direct with more direct questions. Whereas um, mm. with, I feel like with, with men, it's often more like they, um, you have to sort of go and ask, are you okay? Like what's going on, you know, yeah. instead of being approached. Do you think that's, I guess, from the social backgrounds of men not wanting to feel weak and seem like they need help? Yeah, I think that's a big part. I think it's, um, you know, like the, it's often the the approach of um, oh, a bit of pain is okay. I'm just going to play through that. And mm. I think we find that similarly sort of in the girls if they're not used to actually having that support system around them um, because they're not being um, – so they don't have that same sort of, um, I guess – medical um, environment um, easily mm. accessible for them so then they often um, don't say anything because they don't know okay here's actually somebody that can help me yeah nice um so i want to i guess get you talking about what you've written about which was yep. a really amazing insight into women's surfing uh so this article you go into a lot of the stuff background environmental issues that women may face that i guess the crux of it really when i what I took away is that a lot of there's misconceptions with women surfing yeah. and that there's a lot of really bad stereotypes that need to be changed and that what we assume is a gender specific thing is more just a really bad way of explaining something that where a specific surfer is struggling in, yeah. in their, their movement and their body. And that it doesn't really, if I think back to all the surf coaching I've done in my life, I've never really given different direction to anyone. It's mm -hmm. the same whether they're male or female. And I think the only thing I've ever done different is the way I communicate to someone based on what will connect with them to make a change. And that's what I would like to teach people and what I'd like to promote. But I want to give this away to you. You go into detail about this concept of that surf female surfers move with their hips more. Do you want to explain that? Yeah, I think it's more something that that we've sort of um, heard uh, heard um, from more like the the Ombi lives and things like that, where mm. it can be a bit of a stereotype that this is what we're seeing. But I feel like it's um, yes, we might be seeing that, but it doesn't necessarily have to be that. Um, this is what it has to be like. It's more mm. potentially like um, something that we would sort of trained to move like as as when we were younger and then um, we can't change those type of movement patterns to then 
work in the situation, like that mm. it's pretty much our default to, for example, end up in that poo stance um, because mm. this is how we're finding we're balanced and we can, you know, stay on the surfboard sort yeah. of thing. But we've actually never learned to, you know, be more front on and be like more front front foot loaded or anything like that, um, which is then again more from what we've done as children or um, what sort of sporting mm. background we have. Yeah, because you went on to the environmental upbringing of girls and boys where boys do tend to be more rough and we'll find them in situations like boys from my own upbringing are more likely to go into skating and things that will potentially hurt them where the yeah. the girls that I grew up with weren't. And that also affects their ability and understanding of where they're at and that then poses this difference. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. I think that, you know, if let's say you have skated, even when you were younger, um, you have skated for like a year or something like that, then you've you've learned these like type of movement patterns already then to transfer over into surfing now if you're learning it. But it's it's very likely, like thinking back there when you were growing up, um, as a girl, you weren't necessarily put onto a skateboard, you know, like even now I'm um, I've started to to skate, um, trying to improve my surfing. And people come and ask me why I have um, like open knees or something like that. And when I say, oh, I fell off my skateboard, they just go, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, like yeah. you're, you're almost a 30-year-old female, what are you doing on a skateboard? And I think um, these sort of um, perceptions have to sort of change, I guess, that it should, mm. you know, go away from this is a boy's thing to do or anything like that because once you're, you're growing up learning certain things very early on, um, it makes it easier down the track to learn new sport. Yeah. So one thing, I want to get onto this a little bit later, but say you have a daughter, what would be good advice? I don't want to push people into becoming a surfing superstar. I kind of disagree yeah. with this whole, whole, like, I want to train my kid up to be this and kind of live through them. And I'm not trying to get anyone if that's what you're doing. But if you have a daughter who is wanting to surf and skate what advice would you give them just to go through and have fun and not worry about it yeah i think so and i think that if if you are scared of something happening to your daughter to then just go would i be scared as well if that was my son um mm. similar age or you know similar physicality at this stage or something like that like obviously girls and boys go through different like stages in their maturation at different times but um I think the the main thing is if there's an interest from the child it shouldn't necessarily matter whether um it's a girl or a boy and then sort of adjusting the language to it you know like instead of going if you're noticing you, your daughter might be scared then encouraging the daughter that you know nothing can happen whereas yeah. with boys you often find that you have to hold them back because they like that that risky behavior sort of on average um obviously but um yeah just trying to sort of adjust your language and not go um you know like oh you're a girl you shouldn't be doing this or something like that yeah and just quickly what also said about surfing i've found this very odd if there's an age thing around skating and people <laughs> Once you get over a certain age, the idea of skating, people are like, why are you doing that? It's so weird. <laughs> yeah. But there's, I actually just emailed, I uh, got an email from Steve today who said he's 57 and is skating the bowl, getting up to the coping and wants to start grinding it. And I was just like, this is great. Can you please send oh, me a good. video? Because yeah. I, I get so kind of annoyed when people are like, I'm 40 something and I'm not going to learn to skate. And I'm like, why? Like, it's, it's fun. Like, 
just put yep. on protective gear and you're fine. Yeah. Um, and then I want to keep going through this article. So I want to ask you a question. With women and this idea of surfing more with their hips or being in poo man stance and not having the environmental, I guess, risk factor and that constant ability of pushing the boundary that some boys grow up with, what are we actually observing then? So instead of the stereotype that we push on women, I know the answer to this, but I want you to give it to the listeners. I find women prefer to listen to a woman on some of these terms than a man. Yep. Um, so I think that in general, it, it seems like, you know, you, you, you're observing the persons, you're observing that they're not um, looking, for example, where the wave is breaking properly. Um, you're seeing them looking down too much and nose diving or anything like that. And all these things are, are really just um, beginner surfing mistakes you know so um you then have the feeling that um because you're seeing that so much in women okay this is um this is typical for women so they this is the way they surf but really it's just that they're they're not giving the opportunity to progress quicker and they have they don't have the the environment at the time potentially um to to progress quicker from that beginning beginner surfer um, position, but also um, obviously would struggle um, more moving on from that because they haven't learned like similar movement pa- patterns in the past, or you know, it's it's so that everything is like more new, I guess, um, to, yeah. to the female compared to the male potentially. Uh, and then we want to flip this on its head, which is you brought up a really great point, being that with the Groms this whole narrative is changing around women. And I also want to ask you about, I wanted you to talk about that in terms of surfing, but I also am curious how that was with the junior Matildas mm-hmm. um, in that from an outside perspective, I'm seeing a real generational movement and change in ability. And it's it's like night and day looking at what some of the, the young, maybe like 12, 13-year-old girls are doing compared to what some of the 25, 30-year-old girls are doing. And it's really exciting. Hundred percent, yeah, um, and I think that's because we're taking those stereotypes um, away a little bit, and we're giving the opportunities to to younger girls to just um, do whatever they like. I, I feel like you know, like they're learning things earlier, and therefore already progressing a lot quicker. Um, and yeah, we can see that obviously in, in skating, like even you know, in the in the Olympics, the last Olympics, um, how young these girls were. Um, but we can, yeah, it was actually very similar as well. Looking at, for example, Junior Matildas, like you have now already really young players pushing through um, to older age groups, mm-hmm. um, which didn't necessarily happen before um, to the same extent because um, they already have more technical ability. They're they're more physical. Um, and that changes the game. So, you know, the speed that that the women are showing now um, within football is just so much higher than than um, what it was, you know. Um, mm. And I guess one of the, the – from my background as a physio as well, obviously, um, we're looking at um, injury risk a fair bit um, and different movement patterns, how that sort of increases injury risk. Um, mm. And this is, for example, something where – with the junior matures, we were really trying to focus on, um, you know, like knee positioning so that they don't hurt their knee or anything like that. And you can see that if they actually, if they're quite talented but haven't played football for a long time, it is a lot harder to teach them the right, um, the right movement mm-hmm. patterns and things like that. So correct me if I'm wrong. 
this is a very ignorant question. Um, I studied as an engineer, not a, a physio. I don't yeah. really, I've worked as a surf coach for quite a long time, but I kind of feel that with movement, there isn't too much difference between a man and a woman in terms of surfing. Is there much light to that? Is there any biomechanics that is significantly different for the average female surfer that they should be aware of? Because I kind of feel like, no, just do the same style of movement and it will work for you. Yeah, I, th I think that's this. I think the the only thing that uh, we might consider is maybe um, different weight distribution so that, you know, like we might have more weight um, up top potentially. Um, mm. But and then obviously we we can't create the same power necessarily through our legs or something like that. But mm. it all comes down to technique. So mm. if you're applying the right technique, then your surfing will be fine. You just have to get to that stage where you can um, get rid of your your sort of bad habits um, and and just relearn the good stuff pretty much. Yeah, I completely agree. Power is illusion. So I think what I always coach is moving more efficiently. It's not about jamming your back foot, this or that. If you move more efficiently and do the movements properly through the whole part of your body and not one thing, you'll get more out of your surfing yeah. than just that. So that leads yeah. me to the next question. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Um, yeah, I just wanted to say that um, probably for women it can then be just really hard to know, though, what your body is actually doing. Um, mm -hmm. So unless you're seeing it on camera, for example, or you're practising in front of a mirror, then you might not actually know how much you're doing it wrong. And, again, mm -hmm. As any other beginner surfer, male or female, you, you're stuck in that. I don't actually know what I'm doing wrong until I see it. But I feel like it just needs even more that that um, focus on land-based training for um, for women that are sort of stuck in their surfing to really retrain good movement patterns mm. um, and get that constant sort of visual feedback of, no, this is how I meant to do it. Um, so, yeah, so, yes, you really, like, you can have the same technique as men i i agree but the the way to get there might be harder for for a female if there's not much yeah. sort of background uh, but then i completely agree with the previous statement that you said that everything there is just the typical beginner it's not unique to a woman that you know i've coached so many people and not knowing how to move just needing to film it it's universal so I, yeah I, exactly it's it's amazing it's just like you shouldn't feel bad wherever you are it's not a you thing it's not a your gender yep. thing it's just you're not experienced go and film it go feel it out learn it yeah exactly. so then that really well leads into the next question i have which is uh one of the final parts of your article and that's what can the average surfer do with this information then if you're a female and you feel that there's all the stereotypes and the environmental conditions that are there in the surf and what you've grown up for how can they act or make changes to their surfing what's yep. the best advice that you can give to them um, I think it's sort of important to just be aware of that in the first place, you know, have a think about, okay, what did you do as a child? What did you do? Is, what was your sporting background? And then sort of realise, okay, I haven't done anything similar or I haven't done that much, so I can't be that good that quickly in surfing because there are so many things going on. And um, then just picking it apart a little bit and seeing sort of where your weaknesses are. Um, and then just really, um, as I said before, I guess, like really focus on your land-based training, but then also um, like even if you know you're in that environment that's maybe not ideal for you, like let's say, for example, very, you know, like male-based sort of 
um, out in the water, in the skate park, whatever, to just go, that's that's okay, you know, like breaking those boundaries and um, just trying to to focus on the fun aspect and then just moving on from, from your own ability going like, oh, this was positive, so I'm just going to take mm. this away for myself. That's really good because that kind of answers my next question. I actually have a, a list of a couple of questions <laughs> that I wanted yeah. to follow up that are uh, not directly linked to your article that you've written, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. uh, these are very much stuff that I want to pick your brain on, which was managing uh, expectations, social anxiety, and the lineup full of guys. But as you said, keeping it fun, accepting it and moving on with it. I think that's probably the best way to look at it, unless you've got anything else you want to add. Yeah, um, I noticed the other day myself, because um, I'm definitely not good, um, the there was a big group of guys and very often like I paddle out and literally just scan the lineup and just see if there's any um, female surfer out there and very often there's there's none or maybe one um, to then go, okay, I'm now sitting where, I sitting where I'm sitting to be comfortable with the wave or to be away from all these male surfers. And then I'm like, if it's because everyone's male, then I'm like, no, that shouldn't be the case. So just mm. go away to sit but if I'm for example sitting away at a different like break or anything like that because I know I'm going to catch waves here or um, I'm more comfortable with this type of wave then it's fine you know so mm. just having these little sort of I guess reality checks and um, being yeah. aware of that can help do you do you, that to me that sounds just like a pattern interrupter do you have something to create that conversation for yourself do you have something to trigger you to have those thoughts of am I just staying clear of the group of guys or am I sitting where I want to have? Do you have something that you use to trigger that? Um, I think I noticed that little bit of anxiety coming on as soon as I notice, like I'm the only female out here, yeah. the waves are bigger than I thought or like something like that. And then as soon as I get that in anxiety or like um, that sort of negative thought, I'm just trying to go, okay, let's spin this in a positive way um, mm. and then just – focus on trying to be confident. And sometimes, to be honest, I sometimes pick guys out in the surf that aren't that good where I, I would go, okay, I'm probably at the similar level and then I'll try and sit close to them and just be a bit competitive with them because I think maybe I can get waves over them or something like that. Yeah, um, no, that's Yeah, that's to then go, really okay, good. this is, you know, this is yeah. giving me confidence. Yeah, as a more, I, I guess, I'm, I'm assuming I'm – bit more of an experienced surfer than you i'm not saying Most that in way at all. <laughs> but in the lineup that's essentially all i do is i just mm -hmm. look who's experienced who's not who looks out of place i can pick out people who are nervous and i yep. can watch how someone paddles for a wave and if i can see someone has no idea how to paddle for a wave they kind of just paddle straight to the beach i just go that person's not competition so i'm gonna like if they're in my way or they're sitting where the wave wants to be like mm -hmm. i don't have to worry about them and yep. i use that not in a mean way i'm just like i know that that person's not going to give me competition yeah and if you're a beginner that's such a good i guess explanation of how to apply that is looking for someone who is similar to your level and just being like i can compete with that person and i don't yeah. have to compete with someone like me who's going to paddle all over the lineup to try and find a wave because yeah. that's just frustrating as a beginner and i guess as well then if you're at that stage where you do have to go sit somewhere else um, because mm. you're still working on your land-based stuff and, you know, you're just so there, then to just go, okay, that's fine. Like today I'm just, mm. you know, focusing on myself. And I think that's just 
that just has to be that that balance between today I'm going to push myself because I feel like I can and other days you know you just you just accept that okay today I've got to take a step back with your background as a physio does that give you any good insights or help with developing your own surfing so understanding the learning process the movement and everything else does that give you for lack of a better term an unfair advantage against the average surfer um I don't think so because I still have a lot of bad habits myself. Um, I think the only advantage it might give me is that um, I understand how much work you have to put in to improve. Um, I, I get very obsessed and and I, so I used to play football myself and once I stopped playing football, I really got into surfing and now I'm just competitive with myself and um, just try and just be better every session than what I was before without getting Do frustrated. You- do you have those sessions where you're feeling like you're never surfing up to your potential? Yeah, yeah. But what do you, what do, you do with that? As as soon as that happens, I just go. It doesn't matter. You're in the water. I just have fun. It's mm-hmm. and then I just try and like wipe out. Like it's because yeah. I get I still get scared of that. And then I'm just I'm just really try like picking one thing. Okay, what can I mm-hmm. what can I learn today? Um, Great. And just have it's. It's um it's I used to be very very frustrated and coming out of yeah. the surf and just being annoyed and I think that training on land has changed a lot of that because then you feel like you can practice it as much as you want and um that that yeah that has been helping. I think even with my experience, I really struggle with it because if I know I can surf so much better, I just tend to get frustrated and I find it really difficult to pull myself out of that sometimes. Like. I have to go and get a quick win sometimes, but I, yeah, I can end up coming back in. My partner will see me and she'll just be like, how's the surf? And I was like, oh. <laughs> Have you found strategies to get around um, that? Yeah, I tend to just try something. Mm-hmm. Uh, just whatever it is, just do something ridiculous. Try and feel something new. Try and do something that's fun or just lower my expectations. So quite often... Uh, someone asked me the other day what was in my lineup. I have a 90 log, a foamy, which is like the most Frankenstein beat up repaired <laughs> thing, and yep. one shortboard, which is partly due to my condition of like moving countries, getting stuck in quarantine, not knowing, not quarantine, but COVID, and then not yep. knowing when to fly home, which I've actually just booked my trip home. Yes. <laughs> um, so I'm back in Australia in a couple, uh, week and a half. Um, no. But yeah, I didn't buy boards because I was like, oh, I don't know what, like, am I staying here long term? But um, being on a log, and being on a foamy, just expectations are gone. And yeah. it's only on my shortboard when I have some expectation of my ability. Whereas on a longboard, it's kind of just everything's cheating because I can get the wave from start all the way to the shoreline. The foamy doesn't really turn. Yeah. So any kind of movement on it is fun. It's like, yeah. oh, this board isn't really meant to turn. So if it turns, it's it's really good. It just feels yeah. fun because you don't expect anything. And that's yeah. That's pretty much my reality check every time is just mm-hmm. to not expect anything and go out and just have fun. I really uh, struggle with the frustration of knowing when I should be surfing better than what I'm good yeah. at. And Clay has a really good statement that I always need to work on um, and I'll talk about it in the future because I, I need to grill myself on this because I was a, <laughs> bit of a bit of a shit back in the day. But um, he grilled me on surfing bad conditions. But he always says, I'd rather surf bad conditions well than good conditions bad. Because if you right. can't surf good conditions well, you're never going to be able to surf anything well. 
So by being able to surf the bad conditions really well yep. and surfing them all the time, you move into that. Whereas surfing good conditions bad, you end up just being frustrated. Yeah. And making excuses, yeah. saying that like, if only the waves were perfect, then I'd be able to do this. And that's what I mean by like, I need to go back to like me 10 years ago because yep. that was me being like, if the waves were perfect, Clay, I'd be able to do this. And he was like, you're only as good as you surf bad waves, Luke. And I was like, ah, crap. Um, I've also um, written some stuff onto my board so that when I get caught too much in my head and the first word I wrote down is smile. So oh. especially when I'm like paddling out and I'm seeing a lot of guys and like I'm getting the first wave onto my head, I'm just like, nah, just smile. And I think that just makes a bit of a difference too. Do you find that releases tension for you, that you just kind of let go of holding the shoulders or the body, the arms? Yeah, exactly. And then I just try and just go, even if you're not catching a wave today, it's fine. You just sit out here. You, you, there's still something you can learn. Just watch somebody else or watch how the wave's breaking or just, you know, like, yeah, I'm, a, like, yeah. if I struggle, just pick one thing you want to learn today and then it's still a win. If, if every student I had had that attitude, I'd be very happy as a surf coach. Just, you know, I've worked my time in surf schools and you get a whole host of different people and just having that yep. positive attitude is is amazing. But I want to ask you a really specific question to a physio. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of my friends, you know, I'm in my early 30s now. Yep. Um, they're at that age of having children. Yep. And a couple of my friends that are local here have had a kid. A couple are now pregnant. And... A lot of them all surf with me and as they go through that process of um, having a child, I wanted to ask you as a physio, the prep that you may recommend someone to do before having a child, how they should surf mm -hmm. leading into having a child and after because a lot of them, one of my friends was really amazing. She came back within like six weeks of having wow. a child and was back in the surf. She yep. lost her abs. Her abs were completely yep. kaput and she really struggled with uh popping up she just didn't have mm -hmm. the strength mm -hmm. and now she's at the next part of this so it's kind of a couple parts is she's now got that real maternal fear she's yeah. self-preservation now that she's got a child whereas the father nothing against him doesn't particularly have that as much it's not as strong or dominant so i wanted to know yeah what was your opinion on a woman preparing while they're pregnant or just before, what they can do to help themselves, getting back into it and how to manage that maternal fear? Yeah, um, I guess the the way you sort of come out of a pregnancy can be quite um, dependent on how you go into it. So if you were quite active beforehand, then that's good. But also if surfing is your main sport and then you can't, obviously your belly gets too big, you can't necessarily surf um, for long anymore and you lose that to still find something to um, to stay active, even you know, if it's walking, some body weight exercises, like these sort of things are, are all fine to do, um, you know, obviously as long as um, you don't have any issues or, you know, you, your, your doctors don't say anything different. But um, I think the, the main thing will be just gradually moving back into activity um, and gradually moving back to surfing so that you're um, very similar to, again, putting yourself back as a beginner and maybe starting with just some um, – bodyboarding or some um, body surfing first, getting used to the wave again, um, and then out of the water just going back to your land-based based training. Um, and if that means, you know, you, you're just going out initially, again, on a nine-foot foamy um, to just get that feeling back of um, and that technique back, um, then just trying to work through. And I guess just not being too hard on yourself as well. Um, 
I don't have children, um, but I can imagine that that must be very hard to, you know, know that what if I get injured and what if I can't pick up my child, I can't go home, you know, anything like that. But um, surfing is just has just such power of making you happy and being in the water, you know, like that just makes such a big difference. So a good surf session, you're going home and being, you know, a better person in some ways because you're happy. Um, and it's a bit of time to yourself. So I think just trying to find that balance as well between um, not pushing yourself too hard, but like bit by bit just um, um, getting closer to what your fear is and trying to like chip away on that pretty much. But, um, yeah, some some body weight strengthening um, generally, you can, you can never go wrong with that. Yeah. So would you advise maybe women – yeah, other than to give more specific exercises, Pilates and yoga usually tends to be, Pilates tends to be quite good for this? Yeah, Pilates is really good. Um, the good thing with Pilates is that um, I'm a Pilates teacher as well, so <laughs> that, you're, um, that you're combining um, mobility with that strength component. So you, you always want to move quite consciously and you're using your breathing a fair bit as well. Um, and yoga it, it really depends like sometimes yoga can't be that good if you're holding positions for too long because you might be stretching too long like um post-pregnancy you, your ligaments are still a little bit looser from the hormonal changes and things like that so um whatever makes you feel good go with that pretty much so if if you don't like pilates don't like strengthening exercise go walking like these sort of things like do something to prepare to go back into the water, start with some swimming and things like that. Um, yeah. Yeah. So you'd probably, I guess the age old saying is just listen to your body. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah. if in doubt, really try and find somebody that can help you with it, like, like a physio or anything different um, where, where you just have that trust to just, you know, go through like all these different things. Um, and especially, I guess, a, a physio as well for um, like more women's health that works on pelvic floor muscles and things like that. That's really important as well. Yeah. And neither of us have kids. Yep. Um, but I find it from an outside perspective quite, uh, I guess, a sense of being powerless that I have friends who have recently given birth and that they worry too much about their own headspace being like, I used to be able to surf head high now waist high. I, I'm, you know, I'm fearful. I'm this and I'm that. And I don't tend to have the answers for them because it's very self exploratory that you need to figure that out for yourself that I can push people, but sometimes, and this is also very true with my partner. She's a beginner surfer. Yep. People want to be treated the way they want to be treated. They don't want to be spoken the way that you want to be treated, which is very true for everyone. Yeah. I think that age-old saying, treat others how you want to be treated is moot now. It shouldn't really exist. Yeah. But from working with athletes, going to the, you know, working with the Olympic teams, have you experienced any amazing coaching techniques or methods that really connect with women and help them improve in whatever sport they're doing? So to give you an example, my partner, which one partners don't want to listen to their other partner. Yes. They don't want to be told what to do. That, that's such a difficult dynamic. But then even some women that I've coached, I have to change the way that I talk to them to get them to do it. So to give you an example of my partner, I can't scream at her, say, go, 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 take the wave. Yeah. I have to like change the way I communicate with her to challenge her. And I'm like, can you do it? I don't ask her, like, yeah. I give her an out and say, can you take it? And she'll look at me and she doesn't want to seem then that she's weak yep. or that she can't do it. Yep. She then 
motivates herself to do it, yep. which is, I guess, my example. Yep. But what what can women do for themselves and have you experienced anything that you think people should try? Yeah, so that is a, that is a really good example. I think um, being able to have that decision over yourself is, is really important, but also um, being explained why is extremely important for, for women. So with guys, again, you can, you can just go like, oh, I reckon you can't do that. And they just go and you know, try whatever happens, no consequences sort of thing. And I think that, you know, like with that wave selection, for example, would rather be like, oh, look at that wave. What do you reckon? Like, do you, like, is that standing up nicely? Like, do you, or like, I think this is what's happening. Try and do that. Um, so that is, there's more background behind it. So in like, let's say, for example, somebody after, after childbirth, okay, at the moment I'm struggling because I have fear, um, because my body doesn't feel right, my my um, body has changed and generally my abs aren't there, um, what are the things that I can control? Um, and then trying to to, to um, work on these ones. So, for example, then getting stronger again, um, what are other things that you can do in the meantime, like, for example, um, learning to read conditions better or anything like that, um, or still learning a bit of technique that is different, um, mindfulness like these sort of things as well to add them in um but i think in general with that communication part just explaining things is very important so when we go through for example injury risk reduction stuff with the footballers it's often trying to explain why we're doing all these things that is not playing football you know like all these strengthening exercises all they want to do is go out and play football but really just to explain um this is what can happen and this is what's going to help you so that it doesn't happen and then just whereas with with guys it's often just like the coach going come on do it and then they're just going to mm. do it <laughs> so yeah so i think there's a couple really good points i'm going to pick out from what you've just said one being uh control and in the ocean you have no control over it you need yeah. to just let things happen and the there's I'm not going to name and shame anyone, but there are people I know who I wouldn't consider them control freaks, but they like to have control in the ocean. And when they do that, it negatively impacts their surfing. They tend to tense up. They don't surf to their ability because they're too worried about trying to control everything and manage it. You've kind of, the more you let go and go with things, but as you said, being educated and understanding where to place yourself, you can control that. But then being in the ocean, you have no control. So you just need to put yourself in a position to flow, yep. which is a massive thing. The other one then is having that stuff written on your surfboard is amazing. I think I was trying to sit there as you were going through this. I was just like, well, how can having a surf coach, my partner's very privileged in having a surf coach with her every time she For surfs. For sure, yeah. <laughs> and how, you know, I'm there always pulling her aside, being like, what did you just do? How did that feel? You know, mm -hmm. What did you move? Trying to get her to understand and think yeah. and pulling her aside. But a lot of people don't have that and they don't ask themselves questions and they don't think. Yeah. So when they're trying to talk to themselves it's very difficult and I think I was going to ask you like how would you recommend that but you've already said it which is writing something on your board yeah yeah which is and I think as, yeah, as well know. just maybe you don't have a surf coach but you surely have some friends that surf as well or maybe even that don't surf maybe they can film you at least or something like that and um but even if if 
like what I sometimes do with my friends is when we go skating to just really try and go, oh, how did that look? Like what what am I doing wrong? Just to really openly ask for feedback. Um, and then and I guess with females as well, sometimes it can just help to be a bit more sort of hands-on to really go like this is the movement, this is where your hands should be, like anything like that to just re- so that they feel it, even if it's on land, to then go, oh, yeah. Yeah. And I guess for there, there'll probably be a lot more women listening to this who probably haven't listened to some of the other Omni stuff in the path. But it is very much filming is the best way to do it. Uh, to give you an example, I've been trying to learn handstands for a while. And what was it? it wasn't until I started filming myself that I'm getting close to 10 seconds. And I was like, you know, I get tired. And I was trying to figure out why when I get tired, it gets. So, and it's my alignment. It's literally just, I'm not well aligned when I get tired and I'm trying to practice my handstands that I had to film it. And mm-hmm. I was like, I was just like, ah, oh, my hips are not above my shoulder. That's it. Yeah. Like instant feedback. Yep. I just went to the wall. I just sat on the wall, did my handstand. And I was just like, just filmed, filmed myself on the wall as well. And I was like, cool. I'm not even aligned properly there. Like I just needed to go focus that and yep. just having that experience straight away. I could implement the changes, which is, I guess, what we talked about with Zombie is making those micro adjustments, filming yourself, doing it, land-based training. Yeah. Um, but I want to move on to some more surfing stuff yep. with you. And I want to talk about style, especially women's surfing. What do you enjoy the most in terms of watching surfing? What do you want to see? What do you think is the most stylish kind of surfing? Or what do you want to emulate in your own surfing is probably a good question. Um I love Steph Gilmer surfing. I'm, I'm surely not the only one on this planet, um, but I, I'm the complete opposite. I'm, I'm short, tiny legs. <laughs> so I relate um, very much to Joanne DeFay. Um, and I feel what I really like is that she looks super strong, but her technique is still super solid. And um, I really like, like how just calm she is and especially on her back end um, and that bottom turn is just amazing. I think Steph's my favourite, which I think some people might be shocked by this um, considering the whole gender stereotypes. Mm-hmm. But if I was to emulate any surfer, it's actually Steph. Awesome. I think just the – I'm not – I'm never going to be Mick Fanning. So I have no interest in being Mick Fanning. But, and I don't say this in a way that Steph's surfing is not as good as Mick's, but Steph's – I think if I was to try and personify it, it's a lot more achievable in that what Steph's surfing to me is graceful fun. Mm-hmm. Like that's the elements that people take away from it. It's not the critical, perfect, articulate Mick Fanning surfing that everything's on point. It's Steph's surfing is really amazing. 100%. But if I want to emulate it, it's just have the fun, smile on every single wave, be graceful, move yeah. easy. It's and not so much about the perfection. Yeah, yeah. I feel like with her um... – she just always does exactly what the wave wants her to do. And that's just amazing. So then the other thing is pipeline. Do you follow the tour? Yep. A little bit. How do you feel about women in pipeline? Full contest, no no one-off heat, no, you know, stupid kind of one-off thing that they've been doing for the last couple of years. How do you feel about that? Good. Awesome. I think that um, I've, listen to a couple of podcasts but also for example watch that women can't surf and it's more just like the I think for women to go through um like even QS's um 
or low, even more local comms, anyone who wants to be um, like on that tour to then go, this is my standard, this is where I have to be at. And one day I could surf this with only one other surfer, two, three other surfers in the water. So then the preparation already changes, right? Like you don't have to go and practice on beach breaks all the time that are only two foot because you know you have to surf that one day. So um, that again, talking about all that environment, it changes the environment that your training has to be in, um, that your competition will be in. So that is only going to push it. And it it doesn't, it shouldn't matter whether, whether they massively succeed or not in like the public's eye this year. Like it should be, it should just stay in there so that then girls like Sierra Curve, they're ever on, on the tour in 10 years or, you know, with her probably in two years. But um, if if they surf it then in who knows how long, that they can actually then exceed everyone's expectations because they have trained for it. I agree. I think it's really personally excited. I haven't been excited about the tour for a little while and I think that's just the direction that the company itself has been going. Mm-hmm. Um kind of the mass media approach rather than trying to just keep it indented in surfing. That's probably my problem yeah, with it. I yeah. just want it to be surfing <laughs> and not tennis or something else. But yeah. I think from an outside perspective, exactly what you've said, there's been a lack of opportunity. Yep. And if you're an up and coming female surfer, the standard is surf beach breaks. Yep. So that's all you need to work on. Yeah. And you only need to surf to what conditions you're judged in with now adding pipe and then hopefully in the next couple of years adding QS events, as you said, that are more challenging in bigger conditions, barreling conditions. It's going to motivate the younger girls that if you want to be at the top, you have to surf that. You have to exactly. be pushing yourself. And by giving them that opportunity, I think it's the it's the massive change in that, you know, 10, 15 years ago, the women weren't given much opportunity. You know, they had to surf snapper, but they were given the crappy times when yeah. the surf was crap. So they've their opportunities are already limited. They have to take the, the sloppy surf after the men get the best conditions. Yeah. And I think it's really exciting now, which then leads me to another question is how do you feel about the next generation? How do you feel about the young girls popping up? Have you seen like stab high with the ladybirds? Have you, you know, Sky Brown who's massive yeah. over here in the UK? Yeah. How do you feel about that? What do you think for the next five, ten years? I think it's pretty awesome. Um, I think they're sort of, I guess, leading the field a little bit. Um, and I think it's good that, you know, that with social media and all that, like all over the world, you can now see that they're doing these sort of things. So it hopefully changes, um, like, the thinking of most people now as well. Um, I guess it's a, it's a lot of pressure in some ways, but it seems like they're having fun, like, themselves a lot. Like, if you, you know, if you see them doing is in the wave pool and stuff like that like it looks like they're enjoying it and um it looks like you know the the gap is just sort of closing a little bit between between the the boys and the girls and and surfing yeah i think in the next 10 years you're gonna see this it's not so much that like there was all these comments of oh if chris was in the men's tour she could beat a couple people but it was only select really good top of the you know the top two female surfers whereas I think that field of top 17 surfers is going to become a lot tighter, yep. a lot more competitive, and there's going to be a big – there's going to be – well, not big, but there's going to be less difference between the men and the women's, that there will be, you know, in 20, 30 years, a bit more consistency between the two, which would be amazing. Yeah, and I think as well if the if the whole field of, of female surfers 
gets better um, because they're exposed to it earlier, then it's just going to, um, the, the ones that survive and end up, um, you know, surfing on the world stage, they just have to be the best. So it'll, it'll be a, a big difference, I reckon. Yeah, and I think it's been seen in the men's. The Australian team, not the team, but the Australian surfers have been left behind for the last couple of years and the Brazilians have come through and the, the more hungry competitors have come through and it's shown. Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to be really exciting for the women, especially now that they have the digital Vans triple crown as well. So they're being forced to, not forced, but if they want to, they have to surf pipe, Haleiwa and Sunset, which is, yeah, again, really exciting. Just put them in more better conditions and watch it grow. Exactly. But it's been really great to have you. I don't want to take up too much of your time because I know it's nighttime. Is there anything else you'd like to give to potentially a, another woman surfing? Any advice, anything you would like to add? Um, I think that just knowing that if you're, if you feel quite alone out there, you're definitely not alone. (laughs) There's, um, there, I think even talking to my other um, friends, we all feel the same at different points, um, learning to surf and, um, that experience just will help to, to grow your surfing in some ways. You just gotta, gotta attack it and keep having fun. Yeah, I agree. Thank you very much. And there you have it. That's our first community highlight. My interview with Stella Vif, physio, amazing person, surfer. You can find her at Twitter at S-T-E-L-L-I-V-07. If you'd like to stay in touch with her and find out more about what she's up to. She does a lot of work with the university in Wollongong doing studies. She also does Fig Tree Physio, where she works part-time. And she does the Sydney FC Junior Academy. She's a very, she's doing a lot of exciting things. And that interview was amazing. I really enjoyed a lot of it because it doesn't matter if you're male or female, it doesn't matter what you're doing. So much of what you're going through as a beginner or intermediate, it's just about what's familiar to you. It's common problems that people face. It's not gender specific. So if you're a female surfer, it's not, you're not alone. You're facing so many problems that are consistent with what men face as well. And these are things that we want to highlight. We want to make this community feel so much better. And we're going to start doing more and more of these community highlights. So if you've got a really interesting story that you'd like to share, something that you think other people need to know that they're not alone in what they are going through, I can think of a really good community highlight I want to share in the near future. There's a guy who I know of in the community called Pete, and he is 62 and learning to skate. There's a lot of people out there who think they're 40 odd and they can't skate and it's amazing. I think that's such a good story. And then there's also got an email through. I'm hopefully going to be sharing some footage of someone skating in 57 going around the bowl quite quickly. So that's really exciting. So there'll be more of this. If you'd like to get in touch or be part of a community highlight, you can contact me at info at onb.co or you can head to the website onb.co navigate to the in-depth surfing podcast page and fill out the contact form there. So as I said last week, I was going to do a podcast on the upper and the lower body. And this episode, I've just slipped in between. So next week, it's going to get back to that, that disconnect between upper and lower body, trying to not have flailing arms. So until then, I'll see you next time.